89 and a half hours, six computers, five microphones, Game On Girl is still going strong. Welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your temporary host, Ryan Broom. And I'm your temporary co-host, Mark Scholl. In this episode, we'll be turning the tables and asking the tough and not-so-tough questions to the Game On Girl hosts, Regina and Rhonda. And then we'll wrap up the show with a few choice clips from the first 99 episodes. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Today, Mark and I have the great pleasure to put Regina and Rhonda in the hot seat and ask them some of our questions and some from the Game on Girl community. Welcome to the show, Regina and Rhonda. Happy Thanks, 100th episode, thanks. ladies. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. It's like birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy 100. Do you feel I'm old? celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should celebrate. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the beer. Oh, man. What are we going to do with you, Ryan? I'll go get some, right? All right. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go to the store. I'll be right back. <laughs> Well, it makes it easier for us. That's right. <laughs> so how does it feel to be on the other side of the questions? Weird. It does feel weird. Does it? Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. Are you afraid? Are you, yes. are you scared? Always. <laughs> It'll be. Somebody's what asking me questions. Afraid? Yeah. I'm always the question ask, asking her. Asking her. Asking her. Asking her. You just go ahead and make those words up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're doing that, Regina. It's usually me. I, I'm the one that doesn't have a grasp on the English language. <laughs> well, I have a grasp. I just, you know, creatively interpret the English language to my own benefit. When well, I at, least you have a, you, at least you have a degree behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know the rules before you can break them. Right. Yeah. That's right. No That's right. True enough. Are you ladies ready to go? We are. Yeah, All right, Mark, go ahead and fire off with the first question. All righty. This is one of uh, mine and Ryan's questions, and this is a two-parter, and I'll start with the first part. Since the two of you started Game on Girl, how has your relationship changed? Well, we didn't know each other. (laughs) Mm -mm. At At all. all. (laughs) Even from the first episode that we did, um, you know, we had talked once before when Rhonda was in the study, and that was pretty much it. We had emailed a couple times back and forth. Rhonda was really good about, like, keeping up with me while I was doing the writing and the research for the dissertation, and, you know... I just wanted to impress her. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to make sure she interviewed me. I, 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 for some reason, wanted validation as a gamer or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's right, because you followed up with me. I had, you know, as I've told the story before, but I had, you know, 140 emails come in within, I don't know, 12 hours of people participating, and it was completely overwhelming. I didn't have Isabella. Yeah. <laughs> like I do now. I didn't have an intern then. So I had to go through all those emails and a lot of them got lost. You know, I would just go through and I, you know, when I was looking for people, I'd just start emailing people at some point. And uh, Rhonda followed up with me and emailed me back again and said, you know, I'm still very interested in being in this. And I popped her to the top of the list at that point. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't know each other. And now I feel like Rhonda's one of my best friends. So yeah. I mean, it's whenever you talk to somebody, once a week or more. I mean, you develop a relationship. And I was actually, I was thinking about it today. And so with somebody else, um, there's probably only two people I can say that I've met online first and then met in real real life. And I, it just hit me. It's like, yeah, man, that was really scary. But her and I talking once a week for, gosh, was it a year before we met? Yeah, because it was PAX last year, yeah, which last was year. March, and we started the show. I started the show in February. So, yeah, it would have been a little over a year that we had been in constant, you know, regular contact with each other. You can tell because when um, the pre-show stuff would always be uh, really logistical, and we'd talk about details and outlines and stuff, and now we just... <laughs> Yeah. How was your day? Yeah. What were you doing? What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? You know, how's this going? What's how's work? And you know, what's yeah. their latest frustration? And we keep up with those those things more than we did, you know, when we first started. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely evolved. And I think that shows in the episodes as well, because our comfort levels with each other are mm-hmm. just you know, 
are so much deeper now than they were the first the first episode that we did. I don't know, you know, how many people have gone back all the way to the beginning, but Rhonda did this to me. And the first episode, she interviewed me the first episode that she was on, she took all the dissertation questions and asked them to me. So I remember that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. So that was how we started. So I started in the having the tables turned on me. So I guess I should be a little bit more comfortable with this. (laughs) It's been a while. Or at least getting dizzy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let's spin around. All right. And if you guys are ready, the second part of the question is, how have you changed as gamers? Oh, that's a little bit deeper, I guess. Um, More adventurous. You try yeah. try more new things now. Yeah, because I I listen to the gamers that we interview, and you play different games than I do, and I'm, I, yeah. I'm like, wow, they really enjoy those games, so I ought to give it a try. Um, I also am, I know this is going to go as a shock, but I'm very obsessive compulsive, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know the context in which people are talking. I want to understand where they're coming from, and so I want to go out and try those things out so I can then, you know, empathize and understand them later when I talk to them. So yeah, I think I think for me, part of part of the transformation my gaming has gone under has a lot to do with being more accepting of having self-gamer as part of who I am. Uh, I think I got really kind of caught up in a mastery kind of game mindset mm-hmm. for a Which, long while. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I don't recall when we first started gaming together that you were a mastery gamer. It seemed like that kind of evolved at the towards the, I don't know, sometime in the past at the beginning of the show, I'm guessing. You, got, you kind of transitioned more to what seemed like a master gamer to me. Yeah. And, then, and since then, when we have had a chance to, to game together, it seems like you're, you're a little less obsessed with being mastery. Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, it was it was actually our the, you know, my last foray into World of Warcraft that brought out the mastery player in wanting to get the top gear and finally understanding what it meant to play my class in a way that I had never understood before Mm -hmm. because I had been so much of a self gamer when I was playing when I originally started WoW back in 2006 I just went in and just you know futzed around and it wasn't a big thing and I wasn't taking it particularly seriously not that you know that was bad or you know taking it seriously is bad or good or whatever Mm -hmm. but that's just how I was I was just kind of you know I was playing around and I didn't understand I literally didn't understand the mechanics of building a skill tree like I didn't I had no idea what that was I just put skills in you know hodgepodge and you know I'm probably causing Rhonda to break out in hives (laughs) yes (laughs) just thinking about it yeah with you know I I don't know what this does and I would I thought you know the point of the skill trees was to spread yourself across all of them not Mm. to like pick one and focus on it and so my first characters had skills that were just all over the place um, and then, you know, and then that transformed when I went back into to WoW um, during the dissertation. And then after I got more into the mastery kind of side of things and wanting to get the good gear. I think another thing that's sort of changed for me is I'm much more accepting of my choices as a gamer. You know, because when we do our rap segments now, a lot of times, you know, all I have to do, uh, it, you know, all I have to say is, you know, I've been playing games on my phone. I haven't had time to sit down at the PC and game and, you know, do my epic hours of gaming. I don't have time for that right now. So I accept that more as part of my gaming than I think yeah, I ever did before too. the show. And I think that that's because we've had so many people on the show with so many different definitions of what it means to be a gamer mm-hmm. that yeah. I can step back and look at it and say, that's okay. This is acceptable. You know, I don't have to prove it anymore. So you think of... it was so you think it was a good thing that you you moved away from mastery? I think so. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoyed a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Okay. Being away from the sort of super focused on high level gear stuff. A lot less stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's more it's more fun to just go in and play, which is one of the reasons why I think I love and have always loved Left for Dead so much because I'm not worried about gathering gear or leveling or anything like that you just go in and play i have a follow-up question for you Rhonda. um okay you said that you try more games now um of the games that you've tried what is one that you uh fell in love with that you didn't expect to enjoy that that um specific type of game or genre Civ five <laughs> yeah it was um it it's not one that anyone necessarily recommended on the show although it's come up several times probably by me but 
we had interviewed gamers over and over and over again and uh, different people talking about uh, The Sims and, and different other world-building type games. And I have um, a best friend in my guild who loves Civ. And I've just always thought, God, that looks like the most dreadful, boring thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, you know what? I need to at least download this and give it a try. And I downloaded the demo and I played it for four straight hours. Wow. And I was like, I, I remember that. I remember when you talked about that on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, this is a bad, bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the worst game for one more turn syndrome. Yeah. But it, it really changed my mind about um, certain games. And, and part of that started a long time ago when, my husband was trying to get me into um, certain types of games, and I finally caved in and played Diablo 2, which I didn't... I was like, man, that just seems so tedious. You, he, he would explain the weapons and the levels, and I was like, man, that sounds... I just want to shoot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, I think Civ Five's the best example. Awesome. All right, I have a Twitter question here from at the Meaner Geek. Uh, the question is, what was your greatest challenge in gaining listeners... What adaptations to the show did you have to make? Oh, boy. Uh, We had to structure the show. (laughs) Yeah. Our first few episodes, we just kind of like, you know, would jump in feet first. And we didn't have the the introductory bumpers or anything like that. We would just kind of start recording and go from there. Um, So structuring the show and I think adding segments, I think, would be some of the biggest things that we did to try to give the show a little bit more shape. Yeah. being a, a student of other really good podcasts. Yes, that too. Yeah. And finding out, you know, what worked, why do I enjoy this, and um, networking and sharing with those people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which the Meaner Geek is one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's yeah. been constantly supporting and um, promoting the show for us as well. So a big thanks to him for that too. So. And we... We depend heavily on Regina because she does most of the social media. Yeah, I'm the, she does. I am the social butterfly of Game On Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to toot my own horn, I have to say that the logo gets a lot of attention. It really does. And you should not just toot. You should, like, lay on that horn. <laughs> Yeah. And let it, you know, wail because it really is. It's it's amazing. I've watched it in times when I've I've rehanded my card to somebody to reintroduce myself to them. And as soon as they look at the card, they know exactly who I am. Yes. You know, it is it has such a amazing impact, uh, the visual and the, the power that it carries. So definite kudos to Rhonda for that. And if anybody didn't know, Rhonda is the graphic artist for the site. So she does create all our images. Uh, I'm very proud of it. And you should be. Absolutely. So that brings up a follow-up question. Uh, on top of that, where did you get the inspiration for creating that that logo? Oh, Regina and I collaborated a lot on that. Yeah. Um, she had some ideas and um, she had worked with some other people on some ideas. And um, I've Nothing also... Nothing was coming together. <laughs> no. Um, and I also had a background and I approached Regina about it. I mean, yeah, I had okay. just come onto the show and I, my very, one of my absolute favorite things is branding. And so we, there was no brand and I was like, okay, are you pursuing this? Um, this needs to be done. And we would just sit and talk and she would tell me what her goals were, what her mission was, um, the way that she wanted it to appear, the personality she wanted it to have. And I wanted to emphasize the idea that it was a gender based, uh, discussion without throwing it in everybody's face and just making it very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, We struggled at the beginning with colors. I had played with some colors and then uh, Regina really was the inspiration for um, the color theme. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a really fun experiment. I, what, as a follow-up to the show, I ought to post some of the original ideas. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day as I was kind of reflecting back on, you know, on the episodes and where we've come since we started. And I was thinking about how, you know, we actually took, in, in part of that process, Rhonda had the 
you know, Gigi, she had the girl, but she had the shield separately as sort of separate elements. And we ended up sort of being like, hey, why don't we put all these together? And then that's as it sort of started to come together. Mm -hmm. But our original concepts, I think, were, I know yellow was in there. I don't remember what else it was, like a goldenrod yellow Yeah. that we ended up mixing and then going with the green. And that was... That was one of the pivotal moments, too. Yes, very which much. helps that green and purple are my two favorite colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, actually shortly after you and I met, I believe, Regina, mm-hmm. um, going over to your, your place uh, for, I don't know, rock band, whatever we were doing, and you had the printouts yeah. of the first concepts of that graphic. Yeah, and I was yeah. asking you and Mark, I think both were people yep. who I ran the, the original drafts by and asked, you know, your feedback on them, so... Oh, cool. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. So these guys have been part of technically. <laughs> yeah. Although their their roles have evolved uh, just as yeah. everything else has, they've technically been part of Game on Girl from pretty much close to the beginning as well. So Yeah, as we've all gotten to know each other, we've, we've found where we fit. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a wonderful puzzle that we've we've managed to put together and i mean regina and i couldn't fit together better i know it's such a perfect yin and yang <laughs> yeah. all right all right hold on there because you guys are actually segueing into the next question oh, awesome. <laughs> how do you feel each of you compliments the other in your game on girl relationship <laughs> and i want i want Rhonda to go first all right okay um well i've already mentioned uh, regina does the social networking um she also does a lot of the ideas as far as um, ideas for show topics, ideas for people that we can talk to, directions that we're going to go. Um, I really I really depend on her for the networking. Even though she'll say that she's not really great at the networking, um, that she she is good at that. I, I yeah. Um, much better than she than she thinks she is. She's a she's a really good public presence, and I really enjoy the public presence. I I really really enjoy doing the cons and stuff like that. But um, yeah, she's she's the idea person. Yeah, that's well, and that's what's so perfect, at least in my in my mind. And the compliment is that Rhonda is the is the grounding force of the podcast. <laughs> she keeps my feet on the ground because I am self proclaimed idealist dreamer. You know, I can come up with tons of fantastic big ideas, um, as realistic as they may be. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you gotta throw them all out there. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. And and it's what keeps me. It's what I think it's it's what keeps me fresh and engaged in the podcast and and the website and continuing. You know, I I would have if you would have asked me when I finished my dissertation and I had graduated, if I would have continued with Game on Girl to this point. You know that we would have I would have continued with the same research and essentially the same questions and concepts and ideas this long after I finished my you know dissertation. I would have been like, no, my God, I've got to get away from this. Hmm. You know, but it all changed. Because of the podcast and because of Rhonda, because she sees it as a living, breathing thing that we can work with. See, I I always felt when you finished the dissertation that you needed a break, but I, yeah, we talked on and off after that um, many times, and I always got the feeling that you did want to carry this forward in some fashion. You just yeah, I just wasn't sure what. Get there, so. Yeah, well, as I've said before, you know, there are very specific things you're supposed to do when you get a PhD, and I've pretty much not done any of that. <laughs> well, yeah, and that you. probably th- those traditional methods mm-hmm. are probably what turned you off to continuing with it. it exactly. Like I, I didn't want to go down that road, and I didn't want to, you know, have that be. I didn't want to have my life be dictated by the rules of an institution that I wasn't really sure I was comfortable being part of anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was part of finishing the dissertation and finishing the PhD and making that achievement was, I don't need to do this the way that everybody keeps telling me I need to do it. Right. And I'm glad you didn't. No, thanks. I am too. Yeah. And and about the networking, and I am really hard on myself about, well, I'm just really hard on myself in general, but um, I was never able to network before I had Game on Girl. Like I couldn't pitch myself. I couldn't sell myself, but I can sell Game on Girl until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, this has become something that's bigger than even me. So. Yeah. Well, I think you're you're a lot better at it than you give your credit yourself credit for. 
um, I, I see you out there in in the uh, World Wide Web and, you know, and in real life, you know, pushing it and, and selling it and explaining it to people and, and bring, bringing people into the fold. So I yeah. think you do a lot better job than you, yeah, thank you. Than you think you do. Well, it, it deserves it. <laughs> I think, and not just because of the show, but because of the writers we have and the editorial staff and the ed- and our fantastic podcast editor, <laughs> you know, who makes us sound good, even Who's when... that, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he makes us sound good even when we don't necessarily. So, you know, it, it really does deserve to be sold. So that makes it easy for me to, easier for me to be able to approach the networking because I feel like I have something of value to share, so... Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so another Twitter question for you guys. Uh, this one is from Brolin1. Uh, over the course of 100 episodes, have you seen a change, positive or negative, in how women are accepted in gaming slash geek culture, and do you feel your podcast has helped bring about change? Yeah, it's a big one. Rhonda? Well, yeah, I'll start because, <laughs> because my answer w- won't mean very much. Um, this is, well, this is, this is an area that I really hadn't studied. And this is the background that Regina is actually coming from. She wa- was at least more on the pulse of it than I was. Um, the thing that happened for me doing the podcast and continually happens is the shock that it is still a problem. And the degree at which um, some of the abuse and some of the language and some of the treatment that is going on, it continually shocks me. So I I think in the past I've been pretty naive to it, a big part because I don't play online. I don't play with anyone except my friends. And that's a a whole control thing. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. And so I really haven't been exposed to very much, uh, been very isolated. Now, as far as sexism is concerned in the workplace, I'm very attuned to that. It's it's constant and I'm constantly shocked at extremely how archaic that is still. So I I I don't see a difference. I I don't think I can because it's like, you know, I bought a red car the other day and so now all I see is red cars. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're at an interesting point, I think right now. I think the game industry is kind of in a bit of a crisis. It's it's transforming and stories becoming more important and characters are becoming more important. And the game designers and people who play games are becoming more aware of what the images mean on the screen. And because of that, I think people are, are paying more attention to women gamers. And I think that that's something that's come up in the last two years. Um, if it's correlation or causation, how much, you know, we might have influenced that, I'm not really sure. But it doesn't hurt that we exist. No. And it doesn't hurt that Ron and I are, you know, female gamers that have the perspectives that we have and are willing to talk about them in a weekly format. So I think that that's fantastic. But then at the same time, I see like the fake geek girl thing (laughs) that like is that theme that just seems to just not want to go away Um, and that we have to have a conversation about, you know, oh, well, there are fakey girls or you're a fakey girl because you don't know this as much as this. And and that kind of thing, I think, shows that that power that women are starting to exert in game communities and perhaps in the industry is starting to threaten people because that's that's a reaction, a a threatened reaction. You know, oh, well, you can't be real. You know, you're not really into this Um, and dismissive. So I think we're kind of balancing between those two things, between the industry growing to accept and see that gaming is a thing for women and accepting that and working with games in a way that make them more friendly to female gamers. And at the same time, the backlash that comes from that acceptance. And I think just the fact that we talk about those things, I think that that gives us some influence in that area. I think um, you two with your podcast and and uh, people like, I believe it's Jenny Hanover, uh, not in the yeah. kitchen anymore, people yep. like, like her um, and you know many other guests that you've had on the show. I think every one of you brings a little bit more of that to the forefront and helps to um, make change possible just a little bit at a time. And yeah. it keeps going a little bit at a time, then eventually you get there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes all that dedication. I mean, Jenny's dedication to 
putting up with mm-hmm. more harassment than I could ever possibly imagine. You well, know? and I think that's, I mean, you kind of grazed on that point in that I think it's important who the people are that are in the front discussing this. Mm-hmm. And I love the attitude um, and the approach that, that you and I take on the show mm-hmm. about the topic. Um I, I like playing devil's advocate, but I, I hope in general the show is equal opportunity for um, the disenfranchised as far as the yeah. gaming community is concerned, because uh, we've always talked about how gaming is the great leveler. Right. Um, and I think that's the reason why some of these, some of these, um, the trolling or the, uh, the dissing that goes on stands out mm-hmm. is because it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and so I'm, I think it's really important who stands out in front. And I'm really excited that at the cons, the subject is part of the conversation. Yeah. And they honor us by letting us discuss it. Mm-hmm. And shows like The Married Gamers, you know, I would have never said if you wanted to call me the NPR of gaming discussions that I would have liked that. But when it comes to this topic, I, I don't know a better compliment. Yeah, I agree. Which we've, you know, we've said before, but that that kind of idea or that thought that we're adding to that conversation in the same way that NPR adds to the conversations that it has, I think is a really powerful thing, you know, Mm -hmm. really easy just to get together and talk about games. It's another thing to talk about how the culture impacts you playing the game and, you know, men and women, because it does, you know, does infect everybody. And, you know, what are we learning and who's being affected by our language and our choice of words and, all those kinds of things. And I think, you know, I can talk about that. I can talk about that for another hundred episodes. You in Rhonda? Yep. yep I'm in. <laughs> it's a date. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I have, uh, since we are kind of hanging in a heavy area, I have another kind of heavy question for you. Um, the two of you, uh, have a really great working chemistry when it comes to game on girl. That being said, have you ever had a serious disagreement about anything related to game on girl? And if so, how did you resolve it? About the the show and Game on Girl itself, I don't think anything. I don't think anything, yeah. We've, we've always, you know, oftentimes it will be, you know, either me or Rhonda and we'll send an email and be like, hey, I'm thinking maybe we should do this. And usually the other person's <laughs> like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know, or, you know, the other way around. I'm usually the one sending the, hey, let's do this because I'm the idea person. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny, more often than not, she'll she'll send the idea or I'll send, uh, you know, we should do such and such. And the reply is always, oh, my God, I was just thinking. Of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, there, you know, and I, I will I will go on record and saying that my relationship with Rhonda is like the best creative relationship I've ever had. I've never Aww. had a partnership that has challenged and grounded me at the same time. And I think that's mm. one of the real powerful things we have working with our chemistry and and how we both view the site um and that and she's totally right that that happens all the time where you know she'll send an email i'll send an email we'll both have been like on that same same wavelength and it's almost creepy because like i said we've only met in person once (laughs) at this point (laughs) but as soon as we met you know at at the airport in boston there was no there was no challenge there like we just we flowed together in the same way sharing a hotel room with each other yeah you know it was just seamless and that's yeah. that's what partnerships should be to a degree at least you know you yeah, can challenge each other i don't do that easily spend spend the night with, in the same hotel room with somebody yeah. well I'm you got the- to fall asleep though i was on west coast time so i was the one yeah. who was like Origin, awake for hours yeah. waiting to go to sleep but you know we disagree on the show sometimes and and i think that that's also part of what makes us you know, a oh, good yeah. partnership is we don't have the same points of view on things. And that mm-hmm. was one thing I was looking for when I went looking for a co-host is I didn't want somebody who was going to spew back the same kinds of opinions that I had. I wanted somebody who was going to have a differing opinion and a different point of view so that we do get that sort of dynamic conversation going. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, um, what, what, where have you guys differed in a viewpoint on the show? Has there, well, has there been it's, any... it's really, I think it's really great because I am from the South. I know that's a shock. (laughs) Um, I'm from the South, and I'm older than Regina. 
I have no children. I'm married and I've been in the tech industry for ages and um, only picked up a really creative bent late, late in life, um, which I full, fully embraced once I discovered it. So we're, I mean, <laughs> in so many ways, we're complete opposites. Yeah. And I come with a very traditional and we don't, I mean, I, we don't like to use, we d- never discuss religion, we ne- never discuss politics, but just because of my environment and my upbringing, I come from a much more traditional and conservative background. I think that's an interesting and valid viewpoint when we come to a discussion because it makes you stop and have a little compassion and a whole lot more understanding um, that there are n- there's none of this that's black and white. It's very, very difficult conversation and finding a way to be um, compassionate. I think I think where we differ the most may have been like the conversation I think that got that got heated the most was the E3 mm-hmm. conference where um, the guy said, you know, just relax, it'll be over in a minute. Yeah, yeah. That was a great episode. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And I, I yeah. like the idea that we argued two enc- entirely different points. But what I think is funny, though, when we really get passionate, we have a hard time articulating. <laughs> yeah, we both do. We both get caught up in what we're saying. <laughs> hilarious and we're like fumbling with our words and with those kind of shows I really I really would love to have um, a a third party who is um, is as passionate as we are to kind of break it up and um, maybe maybe show us how that we're either saying the same thing or that we're saying how we're saying things differently I think Mm -hmm. a third person would really be helpful in those situations but that's that that is it's funny because that's what she told me whenever she wanted me to co-host she said I need someone to um keep the show on track and and then I just took on the the mantle of being the antagonist mm-hmm. yeah and that evolved that wasn't something that you know we necessarily set out to you know pit ourselves against each other <laughs> no and that's that is a real waste of time just yeah. to be antagonistic yeah. for, for for the sake of it yeah. that's to me is inefficient it's not well, it's not that's essentially trolling. That's essentially what trolls yes. do, you know, and, and we don't want to troll each other. That's not what we're. <laughs> no, what I what I hope to do is I'm either talking, I'm trying to talk compassionately from my viewpoint or from the viewpoint of people that I've talked to or that I know who may not be coming from the same background. And I just want to um, help express them as well. So, yeah. yeah, I think the E3 thing was the biggest one. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But, was... but you guys were okay afterwards. Everything was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we weren't going to, there was, you know, we weren't going to split up over, you know, having a different interpretation of <laughs> an you, you incident. Hugged, you hugged it out and everything's fine uh, now. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It was afterwards, it was like, oh, man, that was fun. Yeah, exactly. Like we finished the show and we're like, oh, that was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is great. And, you know, and that is the, you know, one of the sort of uh, yin and yang aspects of of our relationship is, you know, Rhonda comes from a conservative background and I come from a very liberal background. So, you know, and I'm a West Coaster, you know, I grew up in just outside San Francisco. So, you know, you want to talk liberal mindsets. That's, you know, very much where I come from. So I think that's one of the reasons why we complement each other, too. Yeah. And I just want to I want to just throw in here because now I'm getting paranoid. Um, I come from the background, but I have evolved individually as a person. Absolutely. So, yeah, Uh, I I think we all know that, Rhonda. Yeah. Or else else she wouldn't be here. (laughs) Man, you just crushed all my assumptions. (laughs) Episode 100, the assumption crushing. (laughs) Okay, so back to uh, Twitter land. Uh, this is from at Uzi Suzuki. Oh, after 100 episodes, do you feel like you've been successful in the intended purpose of the podcast? Yeah, Regina can speak to that better because <laughs> it's hers. Yeah, well, I wasn't 100% sure where I was going to go with the podcast when I made this decision. So I'll just put that out there first. <laughs> <laughs> I do have this very much. Um, uh, I have a friend who's an author, and she said there's there's essentially two different types of novel writers. Um, there's plotters and there's pantsers. Um, so plotters, you know, kind of have that. They have the plot all worked out, and then they write to that plot. And pantsers fly by the seat of their pants. 
Well, I launched Game On Girl very much by the seat of my pants. <laughs> um, I knew nothing about audio recording other than, you know, having recorded the interviews for the dissertation. Um, I knew nothing about I knew very little about podcasts just in general. I had that, you know, basic idea I had listened to, you know, a handful. A lot of the ones I had listened to were live podcasts, which aren't exactly the same creatures what we ended up creating here. Um, so I just kind of opened it up to see where it would go. And the one thing that I knew was I knew that when I finished the dissertation research, just the data collection part of it before I had even written about it, the overwhelming feeling I had was there were so many voices that I had heard in those interviews and they needed to be heard by more than just me. And that was what my fear was, was that I would get stuck in a situation where I would treat the data as an academic endeavor and not that, not that there's, there's anything wrong with academic endeavors, but you know, it's a very insulated population and I wanted it to be bigger than that. I wanted more people. I wanted to hear from more people. I wanted to have more conversations that diverged from what I had already heard, but also honored what I had been talking to people about. And that was essentially all I had set out to do. And I think that we've done that beautifully. So I'm very satisfied with that aspect of it. Good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I would say that answers the question. <laughs> All right, so um, here's another one from Ryan and myself. It's kind of a lighter question, hopefully a little more fun. <laughs> if the two of you could go anywhere together, where would you go and what would you do? Oh, man. Come on, you guys didn't have this planned? <laughs> no. <laughs> you haven't bought the tickets? You guys haven't been talking about going to Bora Bora or something for like the last uh, year? No, it'd probably be like PAX Prime or I, actually, Emerald I was City. Gen Con was actually yeah. what I was thinking. Gen Con yeah. was perfect um, because it would be, you know, middle of the country for both of us. So it would be, wouldn't be one of us going to the other coast um, and it would be, you know, gaming related. I don't do like, like I generally don't do vacations where I sit in the sun and, you know, drink cocktails because <laughs> I would explode. I mean, I'm pretty pale. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't really, I, I enjoy relaxing on my vacations, but, you know, gaming is sort of my relaxation. So, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I think, I think Gen Con would be fun or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Dragon Con, I would love to go to Dragon Con. That's, that's something that I want to oh, do. Oh, that's a party. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we, and, you know, anybody who, who was following us when we were at PAX East together knows that we, we gravitated toward the same cocktails <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the impact they had on us so maybe me more than Rhonda there's kind of an infamous picture I'm actually surprised nobody's ever commented on it <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'll have to put it up on the uh, site mm -mm. <laughs> I got it I'll put it up I've got no, it. no 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 Nope. I have well, authoritarian. Everybody's curiosity has just peaked I know. to max level. <laughs> yeah. I'm posting it right now. Oh, <laughs> Get my editor, my editor scissors out. Chop it down. <laughs> okay. So uh, I have a few more questions. These ones are going to be rapid fire questions. So okay. awesome. just answer quickly. There'll be timing and All the right. loser is fired. Okay. <laughs> okay. So from Twitter, we have AJ Links. Question one. What is your favorite tabletop game? Go. Seven Walkers. Maybe not at the same time. <laughs> okay, go was... ahead, Rhonda. Arkham Horror. Seven Wonders. All right, question two. If given the opportunity, would you rather interview Felicia Day or Will Wheaton? Felicia Day. Yeah, I think Felicia as well. I mean, I don't know. That's I, that's just such an impossible question for me. I really want both of them on the show at some point in time. But um, I would love to pick her brain about the creative process and uh, Geek and Sundry and all the different sort of great web content that she's created. I keep, I don't know, have you guys seen the trailer for Caper? No. No. So it's a new series that they're starting on uh, Geek and Sundry. And I mean, they're, they've done quality production since the beginning, you know, get me wrong, but they look like a grown-up production company with this trailer. Mm. Oh, cool. And I was like, that's kind of awesome. So they're so growing poor, as well. Yeah, they are. I know. Poor <laughs> Actually, of the Wheatons, I would love to have Ann Wheaton on the show. Yeah. Even over Will. Honestly. Oh, poor Will Wheaton. I know. Jeez. You, I know. You're just brutal. But he <laughs> loves his wife so much that I don't even think he would mind hearing that. <laughs> yeah, but he gave you the blue star of awesome. He did That's give right. me the blue star of awesome. And and for that he will he will remain. And he was, you know, he was my crush from when I was a teenager, so you know, there's there's lots of history there. 
but uh, oh. Anne is just fantastic and she's got this very whimsical sort of great personality and is a great presence on Twitter that I really appreciate and I would love to to get her on and ask her some questions about being a geek and being a nerd and kind of her evolution with that because he's very out about you know everybody knows he's like the you know royalty of gaming <laughs> Everybody that. knows that already, and not everybody knows about Anne. So, okay, well, now that you've dissed Will Wheaton, this next question is going to be awesome. Okay, so question number three: If you were ever on tabletop, what would you play? Oh, I'm not answering first anymore, Regina. Oh my god! <laughs> You're supposed to save me from myself. That's part no. of your role. <laughs> um, I would love to play Seven Wonders, but I don't think it's a very good game for tabletop um because it's a very introverted game there's not a lot of banter there's not a lot of conversation there's not a lot of going back and forth with it um so i don't think it would really work very well for that um i disagree we had a lot of banter and back and forth when we were all playing it with you yeah but that's it wasn't about the game (laughs) 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 that was just us it usually isn't exactly but, um, you know, you, you don't talk through the process necessarily when you're playing Seven Wonders. So, um, But it is one of my favorite games. I'm trying to think of something else that I played recently that I thought would be really good. Oh, there's, um, there's another cooperative game that's a little like Pandemic. It's called um, Flashpoint. That would be fun to play on tabletop. Okay, I'm going to throw in a couple of my own quickfire questions. These are not from Twitter. Oh, Rhonda but didn't answer that one. She doesn't get to dodge them. Yeah. What up, yeah. Rhonda? Um, I would want to play the longest game possible. <laughs> so Monopoly? <laughs> no, oh no, that that would that would just be torture for Monopoly's everybody. Monopoly's not a game; it's just a screw over your neighbor. Civ Civ Five, the board game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That would work. That would be like a six-part episode. <laughs> yeah, I'd want it to just go on and on all weekend, and we'd just hang out and you know have to order pizza and sushi and. We just have to, you know, camera's off. We'll just keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Garden Dice. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. That'd be a good game for, for Tabletop as well. Okay. Uh, if you could be any superhero, who would it be and why? We already know Regina's answer, but go yeah. ahead, Rhonda. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel. And she, I think because um, she's she's new and fresh to me. Um, she has, a, a great inclusive attitude and she is learning to embrace her power, um, from the beginning, which is something I've had trouble doing is embracing, um, that I am not second, uh, because I'm a woman and that, yeah, I can be the captain that I, I don't have to be the sidekick. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great answer. And okay, so other than Wonder Woman, Regina. <laughs> other than Wonder Woman. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> no. Um, I, other than Wonder Woman, I would probably pick... Um, yeah, that really isn't fair. <laughs> uh, I want to say, I w- I'm thinking Buffy, but I don't, I don't really want to be Buffy. I like Buffy, but I, I don't want to be her. Like, I've, I've never wanted that sort of... Um, legacy i guess i'd want to be a hero in my own right and so i'm trying to think of like who did i put on my list oh um she's not a superhero but um zoe from firefly nice because she's just like the ultimate woman warrior and i just love the way she could quietly exude strength like you just you didn't question her competence and i love that about her so i would pick her you didn't question her femininity either. You did not. No, exactly. She had that that like perfect balance of those two things. So very powerful. Okay, and the last question in the rapid fire segment is: What video game character do you identify with the most? <laughs> I, know, I know Rhonda's. Yeah, I know. This is like the Wonder Woman question for Regina. But <laughs> go ahead. Uh, well, it's it's almost not fair because if you've got a, a role playing game, you're creating a character. Right. And so my femship in Mass Effect 3 would definitely be that. Yeah. And I would say my World of Warcraft character, my warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always identified with her. Wow. I'm I'm completely blown away. I thought there would be a uh, Laura Croft there yeah, from no uh, Rhonda. Mm-mm. 
No, not yet. I her, she and I haven't bonded. I like the I like the game. I haven't finished the game, and so um, I don't think she and I have bonded quite yet. Yeah, she's. You know, I've, I've said this before. Actually, I just said this. We were on the Married Gamers a couple weeks ago, and I said this on that episode. We spent the whole the whole hour talking about Lara Croft's boobs. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't checked that out, you probably should. Um, <laughs> if we haven't checked out her boobs, no, checked out the episode. <laughs> of course, you've checked out your her boobs. Everybody's checked out her boobs. <laughs> How could you miss them? Um, well, actually, I seem to recall when I played it back in the early 90s or mid-90s, I spent most of my time looking at her ass as she was running around. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, but there was an article up that compared her sort of evolution down into the you know the reboot. Um, but I've always said she's kind of a feminist not- nightmare because you... I really want to like her and I really want to like her character, but her rendering was always so atrocious. And so um, male gazed, you know, sexualized fantasy chick that it was really hard to embrace who she was. And because of that reason, and the reboot is un- is undoing some of that, which is one of the things I love about it. And one of the reasons why I said I think the game industry is in transition because they are looking at female bodies in, in game differently. And she is kind of the example of that right now. Yeah, and I never, I never really questioned her appearance because, like, like we discussed on the show, I mean, she was the only gal in town, mm-hmm. and so there was no one else to to, to kind of compare to or right. fantasize and about. Yeah. So I mean, I I was a fan of her. I didn't play I didn't play the game very much, and with um, the new Tomb Raider. Um, I just, I don't identify with her very much because she's extremely young. She's extremely athletic. She's uh, setting out on a a very scary adventure. And I mean, you know, I'm 50. I I don't identify with her very much at that point, the point in her life where she's learning about herself. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard. Yeah. 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 She's, she's a character who should be sympathetic, but who depending on where you're coming from, it might be difficult to see her that way. All right. All right, then. <laughs> that, was, that was deep. And well, we took a left this is the NPR turn. of game, of game podcasts. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? That, I think that's an awesome title. So, Thank you. I like it, too. And coming Thanks, up Chris. next, we have the question about Laura Croft. <laughs> Actually, we don't have a question about Laura Croft, but we do have... Um, uh, a final question for you. Um, what do you see Game On Girl evolving into in the future? And what other avenues, if any, do you see Game On Girl going towards? Well, we've already discussed uh, moving into maybe some video content. That's something that we're thinking about doing. So that's one one direction that we're potentially heading into. And by video content, do you mean like video podcast? Yeah, like a, like Google Hangouts or something like that where we have a you know, a time where we are actually on camera as opposed to just voice. So, Oh my God, I'm not pretty enough for that. <laughs> Luckily <laughs> enough, Rhonda and I are. Oh, good. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> so that was I wouldn't a, mind do, doing live streaming either. I wouldn't mind doing live streaming either. That was kind of what my thought with the hangout is uh, kind of the way um, Mandate Mondays does it, where they have mm-hmm. they have other content that they're creating, but they have a weekly just get together and chat live and take questions from people who are watching loosely based on a topic kind of deal thing. Something like that I think would be really cool to kind of add into our our mix now. Yeah. Do you have any other ideas, Rhonda? We've talked about some other things. Um, the only other thing is I would really like to, um, I would like to begin the um, being at more cons mm-hmm. because I want, um, I want as much weight in our physical presence as in the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about giving people a voice, I mean, that, that impacts a whole lot more. I mean, it, in one weekend, uh, we can um, we can encounter 500 to 800 people where in one week on the podcast um, we talk to one. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I would love to be able to do more cons and more diverse cons. They tend to very much go to the mm-hmm. ones close to home. So I tend to be in Seattle and Portland more than anywhere else because they're, you know, easy and convenient driving distance. And I have very kind friends who let me stay with them. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, that is something that we're we're hoping to develop in the next year as well too. And our I think that because of our different skills and what we contribute to the show that on the website the, there's the gamer quiz. If nobody's mm-hmm. taking it, go out and take the gamer quiz. Um, but the statistics from that are being gathered. Now, none of your personal information is being gathered. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from. All I'm gathering is um, which questions get answered which way and how your personality type ends up. Um, I've added on there, the only personal question is whether you're male or female, and you don't have to answer that. But what what we're wanting to do is enrich that um, gamer type. Yeah. And, and, and the quiz and, you know, kind of yeah. flesh the quiz out a little bit more, too. Yeah, the quiz, I've already run into two questions just looking at the stats that need to be changed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why that is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to add some more questions to make it richer. And I need to write some back-end code to crunch those numbers. So um, I don't know if – I don't I doubt if I can get that done this year. But that's yeah. – long-term that's goal. long-term project that's one of the things that i want to see reflected in the gamer types and in the, in the quiz is the dynamic nature of the gamer types which doesn't really come across with what we have now mm-hmm. which how they right. kind of overlap with each other um and you kind of miss some of that i mean you get a percentage which kind of gives you a ballpark but the nuances associated with the gamer types are lost and what we have up now so that's definitely something i'd like to see i will tell you something that will never happen on game on girl <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's that? You posting the picture? Uh, yeah, yeah, the picture will not be posted. Um, I, I will never have advertising on the site. I will, I will have sponsors. I, w- I would gladly take a sponsor if somebody wanted to sponsor the show. I gladly take sponsors, but I won't run ads. You won't see video ads. You won't see print ads ever on Game on Girl. Um, it will always be just what it is. Um, now. And that's something that I've sort of committed myself to and committed the site to, at least in my mind, is not having it be commercial in that way. Like I said, if somebody does want to sponsor us, we'd love that because (laughs) I pay out of pocket for a great deal of what happens for Game on Girl. But um, I I won't fund it with advertising. So... Truly the NPR of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, v- Regina and I both, I mean, I actually got this question at one of the first cons, the PAX East that we did. Um, we don't do this for a living. There's mm-hmm. no income. We don't get income from Game on Girl. I have a full-time job. Um, we do this um, on, on our own time. Yeah, yeah. And our own dime. Yeah, exactly. And when we go to the cons, we're paying for those out of pocket. And, you know, those are those are things that we're committed to because we're Mm -hmm. committed to Game on Girl. And I'm committed to a site that is advertisement free um, because I I want it to be I want it to stay what it is. There's a certain level of change that can go on when you kind of start mucking with those kinds of things. And I don't want to do that. So well, sounds good to me. Yeah. Mucking is such a fun word. Let's go muck about. That's right. <laughs> Mucking. I remember the very first time I heard the word muck. Really? I know. It's, well, again, it's, it's my background. It's regional. Yeah. I was, I was in um, Nashville, Tennessee. I was a senior in high school working at service merchandise. Oh my God. Selling jewelry. I haven't heard that name in forever. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And... A British woman came in, was wanting to buy some jewelry. And, of course, I was just completely fascinated because this woman's talking. And she goes, well, I don't, I don't want to muck about this. And I was like, wow, what a great word. <laughs> Say it again. Muck. How long can I keep you talking? <laughs> what more gems can I get from you? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> We'd like to thank Regina and Rhonda for letting us turn the tables on them for this very special 100th episode. Yeah, thank you very much, ladies. It's been a privilege to be on the show with you as many times as we have been over the past 100 episodes, and we wish you 100 more down the road. So That's right. Thanks. The guys from episode five love you very much. Aw. Love you guys, too. We're so glad you were able to come and join us for our, our 100th milestone. Wow. Still, there's still a part of me that's in awe that we're at episode 100, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, I know. So cool. 
Yep, it's a great milestone. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, with that, Mark and I are back in the guest seat, and uh, take it away, Regina. We're going to close out today's show with some clips from our previous shows. This is such a really kind of an overwhelming moment to think back to, you know, 100 episodes and all the guests and people we've had join us. And I just want to make sure everybody knows that we're not trying to exclude anyone or, you know, after we put the list together of clips we were going to pull for today, I thought of at least 20 more episodes that we probably should have included comments from, but we can't include everybody. So (laughs) my apologies ahead of time. Um, The first clip that you're going to listen to is actually from episode 31, and it was Building Community with Jessica Marazon. I think being a gamer is is when it it does start impacting your own identity, whether Mm -hmm. or not you vocalize that. And I I think that it has to have an impact on the way you see the world, that you don't necessarily see the world and appropriate it to your gaming experience. But there are so many times when I'll walk down the street, I I remember I was in college and uh, my dorm was by sorority row and I saw the tri Delta symbol and I immediately thought of Zelda. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, if I was in a sorority, I'd want to be in that one. It turns out (laughs) terrible, awful sorority. And I did not ever pledge. But you know, that was kind of the gamer in me coming out and appropriating the world that I saw around me and interpreting it in with my own experience as a a huge fan of video games. Our second clip is from episode 34, Brains and Games with Jody Black and Family. I think in general, most gamers want to try new aspects of their personality or or try on something that's not them just for the fun of it. Um, And it all goes back into that that fun, that, that love trying something new episode 45 diamond ponies rogues and being hard enough core chatting with chris brady if you were to give someone advice who is going to start playing mmos who want to get into mmos uh, what kind of advice would you give them whatever you need to do do that before you log on <laughs> so if you oh. have homework to do do your homework before you log on if you need to get food, go get food. If you have to go to the bathroom, do that, for God's sake. <laughs> because once you sit down, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> now, see, what came to my mind, <clears throat> which is really disturbing when you say do what you need to do, I was thinking spreadsheets. <laughs> Episode 62, author Janice Davis of The Holder's Dominion. I just received an email from uh, a mom who told me that she never liked video games. She always thought that they were antisocial and a waste of time. And she didn't like that her son played video games more often than not. And she said, I read your book and I, my know, I know that I know now that what the game that my play that my son plays is an MMO. Thanks to your book. (laughs) She said, I, I, I got a totally new perspective on gaming from a perspective that I could relate to because Kaylee is also, you know, not a gamer. She was never a gamer before. And she got introduced to an online game through very unique circumstances. And she said, I liked that, you know, she was a runner and I'm a runner and I can relate to the hobbies that she does outside of gaming. And I got to go with her step by step on this adventure, on this mystery where, you know, she's trying to figure out what's all, what is this game about? And then I learned with her. And Mm -hmm. the coolest part about the email, she said, you know, at the end of the book, I decided that I was going to try an MMO with my son and we've never bonded more. Episode 64, our friends at The Married Gamers. In defense of mastery, you know, um, that that connection or that not having a connection to what you do in a game and mm-hmm. who you are as a person, that's definitely true because uh, I'm a pacifist in real life, but I love playing shooter games <laughs> because, well, you know, because it's the at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. one, one and O's. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I, I, you know, I have never held a gun in my life, but, you know, oh, you put me in Left 4 Dead too. <laughs> oh, man, there is something so satisfying sometimes about that game. Actually, I prefer a chains. <laughs> I prefer a chainsaw in that game because I really love the just kind of like bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. But only digitally, only, pi- only with pixels, exactly. you know? Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Episode 71, our first interview with Jenny Hanover from Not in the Kitchen Anymore. Gaming, again, it can be the great equalizer. And, you know, you were talking about it a little bit. If you find the right group of people, it can just be awesome. Yeah. You know, gaming can be so great and you can meet so many people and have experiences you never would have had otherwise and connect with people you never would have met otherwise. And that is what is so invaluable about it for me and a big part of the reason I could never give it up. In episode 73, Christy Guevara Flanagan. We were very thrilled to have her talking about her documentary. We had fun with the game. We kind of approached it in a very different way from the film. And I thought, you know, where does the film leave off? Um, what's, what is the call to action? You know, what mm-hmm. do we want our young people to take away from this? And what are really specific ways in which women and girls can make a difference And we felt like as we sort of brainstormed that women and girls really need to be encouraged to step into the roles of leadership and need to practice models of leading Mm. and being heroes. So it was always related to, you know, hero is a leader. Right. Um, And and knowing also there's completely different styles of leadership and heroism and and also wanting to expand upon what those traits are. In episode 84, we have Kim Price from the Ladies of Leet. Oh, well, I want to see her run. And I don't think that's actually the reason. I don't think it's a reason either. So (laughs) no, I think it's just, you know, I don't know if guys are, and I do know one guy who just refuses to play any girl characters. And if he won't play Tomb Raider because, you know, it's a girl character and he didn't have an option to play a guy. And I can, I can sort of understand that. Although I would never play if I couldn't you know, play a guy because it's right. not really a choice for we us. We don't really have that choice. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I thought that that was just a psych, you know, um, yeah, a this- mindful thing that he has that I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting that you mm-hmm. will refuse to play a girl. So I'm like, you should play Tomb Raider because it's a great, great game. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. no, I just can't do it. And I'm like, wow, you're kind of missing out. And episode 86, Nicole Spake from Ladies Elite. Well, we love having Nicole on the show. And if you guys haven't checked out Ladies of Leet yet, what are you, you waiting go for? Go <laughs> now, right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Is Regina listening to me? You totally me. <laughs> I thought you were talking to somebody else. I thought my mic went mute or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> I did. I stopped. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> I never did because I, inter- I never interrupt you in the closing. So you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you guys. I'm sorry. I broke Rhonda. Everybody, I broke Rhonda. <laughs> broke me. Episode 88, some of our favorite geeky, geeky singer-songwriters, The Double Clicks. That is a song um, about, you know, I, I guess inspired by the whole fake geek girl concept where people have these tests and these elitist measures for who gets to call themselves a geek and who, you know, how you get to label yourself uh, within a community, which I think is very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, you know, as I said before, the community for the most part is really positive and it does wonderful things for people. So it is especially disappointing to me <laughs> when this safe space becomes, you know, not safe for people. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. I think that's one of the, the worst parts of what happened with all that kind of controversy and all the articles that came out and things that people were saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, especially if, it, you know, from my perspective of, you know, I was a young teenage girl trying desperately to like find things I connect with and trying to, you know, be accepted. It's just something you think is so important back then. And to, to be, you know, told that you don't really like the things that you like, it seems like a completely silly thing to do to somebody who's already sort of in that insecure position. So yeah, the nothing to prove song was, I mean, the song itself is my story, but when we made the music video where we collected um, stories from like over 150 people, uh, it, is really far beyond us at this point. And the video is something that I cherish very much. Yeah, I 
I sobbed the first time I saw it. <laughs> I literally was just like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing ever. So good job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I think a lot of people connected mm-hmm. with it. And I think since there are so many stories, people found someone in there that they really was like, that's right, me. Exactly. And you're just like me and we're all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really happy that that positive impact happened. And finally, in episode 89, high tech, low tech, no tech, ho, ho, ho. You're kidding me, right? You're, no, she's sorry. asking me questions. <laughs> it's not even in my notes. What do I do here? I am not I a know. hardware person. So <laughs> okay, never mind. This is a reason why I never look the stuff up. Okay, I am. I buy these things and I hand it over and I say, "Here, honey, here. go put this together for <laughs> go me." Put this together. <laughs> I'm the software person. All I know is he told me it was easy. That was easy. Okay. Well, I was just curious about. <laughs> Wow, I'm going to have to go out here and look this up now. Here's my link. <laughs> See, this is a, to our dear listeners, this is one of the times when I'm glad that Ro and I are not actually in the same room together. Yeah. <laughs> when we're recording. <laughs> it's not a video either. So. Uh, yeah, and we're not on video because I'm pretty sure I would get kicked under the table or pain. She'd be seeing my dirty look. <laughs> <laughs> and a huge thank you from Game On Girl to our fearless intrepid and fantastic intern Isabella for going through and pulling all of the quotes (laughs) for today's episode and actually uh, tallying up the time of the episodes as well. Uh, She did some really hardcore intern grunt work for this episode. So we owe her a lot for today. So thank you, Isabella, for that. And along with that, thanks so much to our listeners for helping us through 100 episodes. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website at GameOnGirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. And you can follow me on Twitter at RoRoom. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. Email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. Or you can look for me now on Tumblr and Instagram. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz, with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam. Massive, huge, gigantic, ginormous thank you to Mark and Ryan for hosting us for our 100th episode. Yay! Yay! Thanks, guys. <laughs> what our listeners don't know is that at the end of, of every episode, we, um, we always say, Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) We're so thankful for for both your contributions to the Game on Girl website and to the podcast. And I'm not kidding when I I say you guys make us look good. You really do. Oh, yeah. uh, Thank you for that. Much appreciated. Uh, You guys uh, listening can find links to iTunes and Stitcher streaming on the website GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by me, Ryan Room at Desert Tree Media. And the theme song, Good Day by Triple Fox, is used under Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on! Game on! Game on! Game on. <laughs>